I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sevis, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo, Bo Cephas, here we go. Week 7 in the NFL, and it is an ugly slate for sure. I have even had friends texting me and uh, saying how rough and tough this week looks, which, of course, I tell them that we live for shit like this. This is our sweet spot. Um, and I guess, I, you know, to sum it up, I guess I like my bets how I like my women. A little gross, a little dirty. Kinda, <laughs> kinda hard to put it in, and once you, <laughs> and once you do, they never cross your mind again. Now, whether you are here for the funny, it's a quest for fun. I'm gonna have fun, and you're gonna have fun. We're all gonna have so much fucking fun. We'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your asshole. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. You're a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up with those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill. By now, we will make you laugh. <laughs> We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of this show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting, cold beer choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Spaten Oktoberfest from Spaten Brewery in Munich, Germany, or Deutschland. As they say there, uh, 3.25 stars out of 5 on my beer app. We're getting towards the end of Oktoberfest, so I had to grab one from the motherland itself. And speaking of that, it's time, boys and girls, to recount the original story of Oktoberfest. 
Oktoberfest was started on October 12, 1810 to celebrate the marriage of King Louis I and Princess Therese von Sounds right. And before the celebration, old Hildy was like, Hey, uh, Louis, could you like not get <laughs> all drunk and like talk shit with your buddies like all night? I mean, it is our wedding night. And King Louis looked at her very lovingly and said, and I quote, Bitch, I'm the fucking king, and this is 1810. You got a long time to wait before a single word you speak means a goddamn thing to anyone. Oh, yeah. And then during the actual first toast of the first Oktoberfest, King Louis made his only prophecy, as kings are apt to do. Mm-hmm. And this one actually came true. So, and here is the actual prophecy. Longhorn, I've got the scroll here. You can see. Yeah, sure. uh, how old this paper is. So Very old. Here it is, word for word. And King Louis raised his gla- glass and spoke thusly. Can you believe this bitch thought she had a chance <laughs> on this night to say how it was going to go? That shit was laughable. However, I do, predi- I do predict that these fucking idiots over in America in about 200 years <laughs> will actually start listening to their women, which will lead to their enfranchisement, which will lead to them calling everyone racist and stirring up the gays into a frenzy. And eventually, <laughs> some of those stupid-ass New Yorkers are going to elect a dumbass bartender with an IQ lower than my stein of beer. And although she will have fantastic tits, mm-hmm. she will literally be the worst decision America ever made. And that's saying a goddamn lot. Mm-hmm. End of quote. <clears throat> and Longhorn, I got to say, old King Louie fucking nailed that shit. He did. He did nail it. Uh, however, I think, I don't know if you just, uh, I don't know if old King Louie was using some, the last page to do some of his wipe off from his, uh, shenanigans, but I, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like he forgot the part where, you know, America's eventually going to turn all of their women into men and make women completely useless forever. So <laughs> that's how the actual story is going to end. Look, I said he was a German king, not Nostradamus. Anyway, <laughs> we're getting to the podcast. We're going to have the good, the bad, and the... Are you fucking kidding me? We're going to give you every, and I do mean every, win in the air tonight in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And of course, of course, we're going to get you paid with those free picks. But right now, we got to get paid. And to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by MeanPingPills.com. Are you having trouble in the bedroom? You know what I mean. Does your one-eyed monster have the pink eye? Did your lion Pinocchio get a dose of the true serum? Is your Kirby fucking striking out every night? Well, I have your solution. It's mean ping pills. Mean ping pills will help your fuck fin swim the vaginal canal like a champ in no time. Mean ping pills are made from all natural ingredients, which consist of 98% fix flat and 2% sugar. So if your love gun is shooting blanks, your damn lap rocket won't blast off, your fucking disco stick forgot how to boogie, God damn it, if your steaming semen trunk has run out of gas, you got to get Mean Pink Pills, baby. Go to MeanPinkPills.com, put in our code word GloryHole for 10% off their custard launcher starter program. That's MeanPinkPills.com, code word GloryHole for 10% off their services. One more time, MeanPinkPills.com, code word GloryHole. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, i got to tell you, that Mean Pink Pills, that sounds like a hell <laughs> of a product. And buddy, when you uh, start to creep towards our age... You know, those things do come in handy uh, for some gentlemen, uh, some earlier than others. and But mm-hmm. eventually, uh, just like the old retirement, you know, bug comes for all the great athletes. Eventually, the mean pain pills come for all of us. 
Yeah, I'm. I don't want to hear any uh, uh, boner, uh, just fucking shaming over here. From, <laughs> like <laughs> the, the boner shaming is just out of control. Like, who cares? Look, ladies, ladies, seriously, do you really fucking care? If you're getting dicked down and slammed, you know they like don't a, care. I know. So just fucking, just. I mean, maybe they take a pill. Maybe they don't. As long as you get your rocks off, who fucking cares? <laughs> and now it's time. For the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. Is this bad? Is this bad? Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it. Are you fucking with me? Alright boys and girls, as always, we start off with the good, and the good last week was fucking Haas, baby! Yeah. 12 and 8 on the week, 60% in college, 60% in the NFL, 67 that? and 48 on the season, and fucking Ooh. rolling! That sounds pretty good to me, man. That's pretty good to me, man. Alright, here's what's not pretty good, it's the bad, and as always, we tell on ourselves, and um... This is so far the bad of the year, worst call of the year. I'm nominating. Uh, probably mm. will get the award at the end. I hope it gets the award. I hope we don't do any worse than this. But anyway, <laughs> Temple plus twenty three and a half we had at UFC. Now, oh yeah, they were winning ten to seven in the first quarter. Twenty three and a half point dogs. They were down only fourteen to thirteen. Twenty three and a half point dogs with eight minutes left in the first half. And then they proceeded to get outscored 56 to nothing for the <laughs> remainder of the game. They lost by 57. So even if we doubled the original spread, we still would have lost by two scores. Oh, man. And what makes it worse <laughs> is every sharp that I know that does college football was also on Temple, including... Some people that spend a lot of money in Vegas every week on college. So that just goes to show you, you know, that we can be really wrong. Uh, and we and we are that wrong. It usually does. It goes that fucking bad. Yeah, I drank a lot of beer since that, I believe, Friday night game. So it's I had already erased that. No, it was a Thursday night. Sorry. Then, <laughs> there you go. Way too many beers. <laughs> All right. Now we move on to the argue fucking Kenny and this week, that one also comes out of college. We had Kent State plus the eight. The game closed at seven, so the market was with us. Kent State was up 21 to nothing. Mm. And then Kent State was up 31 to 28 at halftime. And then Kent State did not score a single fucking point in the second half. Their possessions went punt, miss field goal, interception, punt, and downs. Unfucking believable. Uh, what would you say was working for Kent State after halftime? I don't. Um... I mean, here's the thing: like, whatever. College football is college football, but when a team like Kent State, all they do well is score. Their defense sucks, so you knew fucking Toledo was gonna fucking score. That was the handicap. Both teams' defense sucked. Both teams score the ball. Eight points is too fucking many. 
They scored 31 points in one half. You don't go from scoring 31 to nothing. That doesn't happen. Maybe 31, he only scored 14 in the second. Sure. Fine. Not fucking zero! is happening right now what's happening over here excuse me what is happening here what is happening what the fuck just happened oh you know what's happening it's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight baby boys and girls it is time to get down to business and long run we are going to start up in cincinnati with those fucking joe burrow backdoor burrow bingles <laughs> they can't backdoor this one baby because it's minus six and a half and uh there are the home favorites over those hot Atlanta falcons yeah they might i mean they might have to backdoor cover the eight but um that's i mean backdoor the, the team that owns the back doors this year is Atlanta. They are the backdoor Kings. They are the Detroit Lions of this year. <clears throat> um, five, six and oh, ATS. So, um, six and fucking oh, those just, shitty fucking nut kickers. They don't, they don't believe in regression apparently because, um, they're due as fuck and it just isn't happening. Uh, but this is the perfect letdown spot for Atlanta. Um, now. Is it a spot that I necessarily want to go against it? No, because Cincinnati plays close games. They're they're not a team that really runs away from anybody, or at least they haven't they haven't shown the ability ability to um, really go all the way back to last year. So since they've been good and made their Super Bowl run, they they just don't blow teams out. Um, you know, and six and a half is not like you know it's not blowing somebody out. But you couple that up with the fact that Atlanta keeps games close and never stops. Coming, I'll take a flyer on those dirty birds. Um, but uh, look, if you don't feel comfortable with that, and you like Cincy, then that they're in that perfect tease down range. Uh, if you, if you like that better, but I'm gonna lean to Atlanta. Yeah, so I mean, I was a, a little bit torn on this game. I mean, the numbers are in agreement with you for Atlanta, and if you look, it's no secret why. If you look at uh, Overall DVOA, they are the number 12 and 13 team, respectively. Cincinnati just a bump ahead of them. So, of course, I mean, you look at it like six and a half points. Why the fuck would it be six and a half points if they're that close a team? Our power rankings represent that. Uh, obviously, like I said, DVOA, a lot of other metrics represent that. So how, how do we get to six and a half points? Uh, I did some digging on it, too, and there's also a great trend for fucking Atlanta. And this, this trend will come up a few times tonight. So week seven or later, uh, if you're at home in favor by six or more with a 50% winning percentage, believe it or not, there's like four of these teams tonight we're talking about. Uh, historically, 68 and 82 ATS, 45.3%. 
uh, is what you cover. Now, you say, well, what about if you throw the opponent in there? Like, Because that's against all opponents. Well, 50%, whatever. But you're favored by six or more, so... That, I mean, that kind of tells the story right there, but then when you throw the opponent's winning percentage in there, which in this case happens to be 50%, so I threw that in there, it becomes 7-7 seven and seven ATS. So now it's a coin flip. So, so I had to dig in a little bit deeper, and really what I found is Atlanta, I mean, they've pretty much been outplayed in every game that they played, except for, I think, like one. I mean, if you look back at the Tampa Bay game, they kicked the shit out of them. Did they backdoor the cover, kick us in the balls in the Super Contest? Yes, they did. Uh, the New Orleans game, you know, they, they pretty much got outplayed. They ended up losing that one. Uh, I, I can't remember everything off the top of my head, uh, but... Even last week, I mean, yeah, they dominated San Francisco on the scoreboard, but if you look at yards, yards for play, even with San Francisco missing everybody on the defense, they still beat them in most of the major categories. But what the one thing Atlanta has going for it is the turnover luck. They are plus, I think, four in the turnovers, and that is how that they are covering these games, and they've won three of them. So if that turnover luck can continue – then, you know, I love Atlanta here. I mean, by the numbers, of course I love Atlanta here. The only thing that turns me around on it is if Cincinnati can avoid turning the ball over and contain Mariota, who obviously is like he's doing his running thing again, and that's what's really sparking a lot of their offense. But to be honest, they were running the ball great to start the season, but then without your boy Cordell Patterson, they haven't been able to run the ball really worth a shit, except for him. So if they can contain that, then, you know, I think they got a pretty good shot of obviously winning this game, but maybe even covering this game. And then the turnover luck turns around on Atlanta with their underlying stats not being so great. Uh, since he might roll them up. But like you said, I, I definitely like Atlanta, lean Atlanta. Uh, there's nothing to other, – other than that, like what do you think about that trend? Again, it's week seven or later. And I did week seven or later because – you know, being anybody can be 50-50, whatever, who cares? Now we're like, we're in the meat of the season now. So week seven or later, so seven through 16, seven through 17, 18, whatever the weeks are now, in the history of the NFL, if you are favored by six or more and got 50% winning percentage, you only cover 45%. But if you play another person that plays, that also has 50%, it's been 14 of those games ever, and it's seven and seven ATS. Um... Hmm. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of like laying layers on, um, but but all ap- but all applicable to this situation because really I loved Atlanta so I wanted to you know go in and say okay what what would support that so I was like well since he's fifty fifty how the fuck are they laying six and a half points pull that up see forty five percent oh yeah fuck hell yeah Atlanta but then I was like ah. Eh. Let me go a little deeper and say, okay, now let's throw in quality of opponent a little bit and go 50%, and then that dropped it to 50-50. That's, that's kind of where I was at. I was like, ah, man. it was a slam dunk. Now I'm like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I don't I don't hate it. I mean, yeah, I, I, it kind of supports, not not greatly, but, you know, like trends is, is one of those things that's it's kind of like the, it's like the last thing that I like to you know, as you're going on your checklist of things that point you to games, trends are like the last thing that like puts it over the top. You know, or or maybe it's maybe it's the ones that puts your your fourth and fifth 
bat in or your fourth and fifth selection in. Um, I mean, I, I love stuff like that. Yeah, especially. 100%. 100%, I agree with you. The only reason why I dug in, and you'll hear several of them tonight, is just because of that, because I already had a direction in the game. Yeah. So I'm looking like, okay, a little deeper, another level deeper, another level deeper, another level deeper. Because you can trend your way in and out of any fucking pick, and I do understand that. But just look, I've just tried to be applicable in these games, in these situations, what these teams are and what they're not. What is and the... So, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I got a question. I, I just want to know, like, on the pure power rankings right now, what's the difference in these two teams? On yours, um, and second. or if you, or do you want to pull DVOA? Because I'm, I'm just... You tell me, because PFF, it's again, it's one metric, but they are not fans of Cincinnati, and they are of Atlanta. So our our power rankings are uh, literally 15 basis points apart, slightly since. And if you look, like I said, if you look at DVOA, since he's 12, Atlanta's 13. So our power rankings line up exactly with <clears throat> what um, so the DVOA I, I want, data says. D- so. Do yours have priors? Are yours running off priors still? Because I know the DVOA uh, probably uh, is. Yeah, yeah. There is there is a percentage of priors in there, and still, even with that, they are uh, right there together. Like, they're I mean, they're basically since he's a slightly better team due to the numbers, they've outperformed uh, their three and three record, and Atlanta has overperformed their three and three record. So, but I just wonder... just the slightest bit. Yeah, and I wonder because PFF they're going to just do straight, you know, uh, rankings of whatever's happened this year because they have, of oh, course, sorry, I just hit a button. Um, they've got Atlanta overall ranked seventh, which seems ridiculous, and it's certainly the seventh overall in the NFL. Which, yeah, so that's that's why you can't like, and I do respect PFF as far as their player grades in the week to week, and we gain a lot of knowledge of like who's playing well. Who's not playing well? You're gonna say that, but but I look at every other team on this list, and and there's nothing else that really I don't see any mis- like glaring mistakes like that. I mean, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's it's just it's curious how through six games it can be like that. But I will tell you the one thing that does stand out on this list for Cincy anyway is they're and I don't know what your metrics say, but they're they're bad against the run. Uh, which is not a spot you want to be in going against Atlanta. So, but Atlanta's again, been bad running the ball for the last three since Patterson went down. They've not been good running the football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ex- except for Mariota. Now, yeah, he's out. But Mari- Mariota's been what's carrying carrying the uh, running game so far, and Atlanta has been upgrading our power rings a full three points in the start of the season. So. It's not like that our rankings are not reflecting their good work. That I mean, we definitely are. And Cincinnati's also obviously been downgraded a little bit from the start. But again, for some reason, two, three, three teams, and they're laying six and a half. I don't know. It, it's one of those things where the marketplace at this point should be respecting Atlanta and what they're doing, and they're not. Like. Now they're expecting some because if you look at the the look ahead line from the very beginning uh, of the summer, it was nine. So we're at six and a half. So it's two and a half points. If you look at our upgrades and downgrades, I mean that's literally on the number or just a little bit past the numbers. So yeah. and that's why we have Atlanta. That's why the numbers do favor Atlanta. However, I will say that the newest uh, algorithm that we pulled up is the only one that does not like Atlanta. 
It does like Cincy, and that one is more... I don't want to get too far into the weeds on it, but it, it's more uh, generally indicative of success in a very small sample size, like in a window in a game, if that makes any sense. Not Instead of like overall, like most of our stuff is overall arching with the priors and everything else, and this one's pretty much spe specific to the matchup to these two teams, if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah we, we can spend... A lot of time on one game. We'll just shorten up one of the games later. Um, but last week, if you take out Mariota's uh, carries and yards, the the running game had 34 carries for 128 yards. So not, I mean, not great. But that's not you know, it's not like they were running to a brick wall. So you know, they're there's there and and they ran 40 times overall as a team. So they're they're definitely going to go in there with a ground and pound type attitude and shorten that game so six and a half six six and a half i like it yeah i'm with you i'm not i'm i guess i was playing a little bit more devil's advocate than anything uh it's not that i'm disagreeing with you at all i definitely like atlanta in that you want to show bet you want to show bet again since you're down oh down one oh to oh me? somebody pulled out of that bet though after the show was over what? like I, I don't i don't really like uh, that anymore i don't like that anymore usually i do all the pulling out around here <laughs> Well, you're the only one with kids, so I think we'll disagree there, but we're moving on. All right. Fucking old now. <laughs> old, fucking old bastards. We're going to go to those Dallas Cowboys. And they are seven-point home favorites versus your Detroit Lions. Oh, baby. And you can call it bias. You can call it homer. You call it whatever the fuck you want. But this is the Big Dick. Pick of the week. I'm gonna pop off a piece of my dick. Big floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice big cock. I'm gonna put my dick in. That's right, baby. I'm throwing it on the table for you to grab it and suck it. Detroit <laughs> is gonna is gonna come in here. This is their sweet spot. Back on turf. Perfect conditions. Uh, Swift is coming back. Coming off a bye. Sewell, Pene Sewell, and Decker, that combo at tackle for Detroit should neutralize the Dallas pass rush, which that's your only way of beating this team is if you can slow down that pass rush for Dallas. The, the fact that Dak's coming back and, and we don't know what we're going to get from that thumb, I mean, he could come in and be awesome. I mean, Detroit's defense is terrible. Uh, so he could come in and be great. Here's the deal. What if he's not? <laughs> if he's not... If he's rusty or he sells some passes, it's like a free roll to me. So I love Detroit plus seven. I think they're going to come in here and in true Detroit fashion, it's going to come down to the very end one way or the other. So, yeah, give me Detroit to win and give me Detroit plus seven. Yep. So the numbers are split on this one, but I have got some trends to back you up. And by the way, yes. I love uh, I love this pick, even though the numbers are split. So. Detroit after the bye. So we're going to hear this a couple times tonight. After the bye. And it's kind of you're it's it's kind of counterintuitive to what you would normally think, but the most favorable position to be after the bye is actually an away dog. 37 and 26 since 2010 against the spread. So you got that going for you. Then you got Detroit coming off a shutout loss, 27-9 and on that since 2010 ATS. But it gets better since 2010. 
If you're on the road after a shutout loss, 17-10 ATS. If you're the road dog since 2010, 5-2 ATS. Now, if you're the road dog since 1989, 10-6 ATS. Mm. And if you're the road dog since 2015, after shutout loss, 4-0 and fucking ATS. It's one of those mm-hmm. things that's been growing and growing and growing. They're in the perfect spot. They've got everything going for them. And here's the thing, boys and girls. Uh, yes, the offense will get a tick up. There's no doubt with Dak Prescott back in the lineup. However, there's also no doubt that it's not going to be as good as it's going to be from the very first jump because that's just not how football works. You see teams grow. You teams expand. Teams get better and better and better. Remember, Dak did not play in the preseason, which that's a very common thing now. Dak that's played. A great, that's a great point. I forgot all about that. Almost three, maybe three quarters of the very first game of the season, and he looked like absolute dog shit mm-hmm. in that. Now, granted, against top two, top three defense in the NFL, Detroit is definitely not that. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. They're bottom two, bottom three, so there's no argument there. However, he has not played football. He didn't play football. I mean, the whole time of, what was it, the year before, right? Mm-hmm. And he played, was it a year or two years? It was last year. Was two, I thought it was two years ago. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. Either way, he played three quarters so far of football this year, and now he's going to step in where everybody else is coming into literal midseason form. He's still going to be in preseason form. He's got to get his timing back. He's got to get his rhythm back. I've seen pictures of him in practice. He is wearing a small brace on his thumb. <laughs> you know, he's got to use to not saying he can't throw, but he's got to get used to it like any other athlete. they got to get used to, you know, anything, any kind of new apparatus that they have to go out there and perform with. And then on top of that, here is the greatest thing and the most ridiculous thing about Dak Prescott. This is the most ridiculous stat that I can give you because this is – so disproportionate to the rest of the NFL. Usually in the NFL, when you play your division, no matter how bad your division is, and I don't mean straight-up wins and losses, I mean ATS. So even when the AFC East was at its worst, like Bills in the cellar, Jets suck, Dolphins suck. I mean, Tom is a little bit over, and Tom's the greatest fucking ATS quarterback of all time. Uh, for anybody over, I think it's like 150 starts, he's the greatest one of all time. Better than Peyton, better than anybody. But he was like barely over 50% ATS against those teams, and that's when he's laying 14, 17 shitty teams. So that's the spread is a great equalizer. Now spin that forward to Dak Prescott, and that's because simply the AFC East knows Tom the best. They know him the best. They play him twice a year, every fucking year. So your division games, every other team, I mean, it's, it's almost coin flips. It's almost like easy call, coin flips, you know, that's it. Like, it's the simplest thing to call basically in professional football. Dak Prescott, however, is 23-8 versus the NFC East. ATS. And then in, inside of that, he is 19-3 when favored by three or more. So when he's supposed to kick the shit out of the shitty Redskins, when he's favored by 10, and the shitty Giants, and when the Eagles have been down... And he's favored by more than three. Yeah, that's usually a smash spot for the fucking division dog. Nah, 19 and fucking three. Mm-hmm. He crushes the NFC East. But outside of that, 
in his career, Dak Prescott against non-division opponents, 26 and 34 ATS. So he goes from 70 to 80% covering to 40%, 45% covering. So when you get him outside of the AFC, or NFC East, he can't cover shit. Again, it's it's the craziest fucking trend I've ever seen. I've never seen another quarterback do this. It, it's completely backwards from any other quarterback that has sustained success, which Dak has had in the NFL. I I can't explain it. I don't know how. I don't know how to explain. It. I have no explanation. All I know is I've got enough data to say it is what it is at this point, and it is what it is. And I love Detroit. Uh, just real quick, fifty-one percent of the uh, tickets are coming in on Dallas, and I just had it. Where the fuck did it? Oh. 86% of the cash coming in on Detroit. So so that's, that's, uh, that's the first time you brought that up, I think, this year. So explain that real quick. Yeah, so well, I don't like to bring it up too early because the first of the season is so volatile. But now we're starting to settle in. Um, the tickets are going to be just the percentage of tickets put in. So it could be a ticket for $5 or it could be a ticket for $5,000. That's just your tickets. Uh, but the, the amount of cash that's coming in, obviously, is going to be, you know, the, the number of cash. So... Joe's or you know Joe's your your regular guys they're gonna go up to the to the ticket counter and they're gonna put five bucks ten bucks ten bucks twenty bucks fifty bucks hundred bucks your pro the heavy hitters they're coming in with that thousand five thousand ten thousand so you want to to be on the sharp side you want to be on the cash side and it's even better when you're looking at these this screen of all the uh, the splits you really want majority tickets one way and majority cash the other way. And, uh, you know, much like trends, it's just one of those things that you like. It's, it's just one of those things that makes you feel good when it's when you're already going a certain way. You see that, you're like, oh, yeah, baby, we're on the right side. Yep, just an, uh, another affirmation point. All right, moving on to a game that, uh, man, I hope you got something. Those Tennessee Titans are at home, minus two and a half versus the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is one of those games that I, I love Indy. I like Indy. I'm going to play Indy. Um but you know, remember? Well, I mean, remember it's it's kind of still that way for a little bit. But the AFC North, one of those divisions where if you're getting three, you take it, no, and you don't even question it. This, this division is kind of turning into that. It's one of these lower scoring divisions, a lot of running, and um, and uh, I know that it's down to two and a half for Indy, but I'm still leaning that way. Um, they're in a perfect teaser spot situation, so if you feel better about that, then tease them up. But no, other than that, I don't have a lot of lot on this game. Uh, the tickets, the tickets and the cash are coming in on Indy. So um, I mean, the pros and the Joes are kind of coming in on that. Tell me what you got, and you know, I'll just kind of as you talk, I'll kind of scan over uh, positional rankings, and if you say anything that that makes me uh, find something, then I'll, I'll kick back. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of curious to me that everybody has such a strong side on this. And I've heard a little bit of the indie love. Um, before I get into what I got, let me scan. Pull it up and then scan. Um, get your scantrons out. Get the, get the scantrons out. Yeah. Anyway, when, uh, my computer's, doubt, my computer is uh, trying to load right now. So we'll just get in what I got as it loads. So uh, the numbers are split on this which is very predictable. Now, here's the trend that I got, which is kind of crazy. Or it's not It's not crazy. It's actually exactly on what I just spoke about on Dak Prescott. So week seven or later, if you're at home, favored by between two and four points, 
You've got a winning record. The road team has a winning record. In division, Longhorn, what would you guess the ATS split is on that between the favorites and dogs? In this, in this division? Any division for since the beginning of time, from week seven, if you're a home favorite between two and four points, when you're and you're got a winning record and the road team has a winning record. Um between two and four, I'd say fifty-five forty-five. Ninety-six and ninety-six ATS, one hundred percent fifty percent of the time. It, they win one hundred percent of fifty percent of the time. So <laughs> numbers are split on that. Uh the trends are split on that. I had something else pull up on, but my internet seemed to shit out of me all of a sudden. So <laughs> we will just leave that for now. And uh, other than that, yeah, I got, let's, just, let's use this one as a as a time saver. I'll just say real quick: ten, uh, PFF likes Tennessee way more than they like Indy. I can tell you that. Like four, Tennessee ranked 14th overall. Indy ranked 27th overall. All right, Longhorn, we're going to head up to Washington, D.C., where those Redskins are five-point home dogs versus those Green Bay Packers. Yeah, just uh, look, say it with me, folks. Green Bay is not good. Uh, And listen, say another thing with me. Wentz, Carson Wentz, is not good. And he, look. Seems like somebody told you that on a preseason podcast. I don't know who that guy was. He was handsome, though. I know that. Yeah. I remember that part. Well, I mean, it's, (laughs) look, it's, it's, uh, we all understand what Wentz is. I mean, he he can either take you to eight wins or he can completely lose his team, which is exactly what he's done again. That that guy likes to lose a locker room real quick. Um, But you know who doesn't lose a locker room? And that's Heineke. Heineke will come in there and crack some beers. And he doesn't give a fuck. So, um, listen, I think that with a quarterback that's going to come in with a just just fucking grip it and rip it type attitude, you might see a tick up here with these um, with these uh, receivers that he has around him. So, I I can only look to Washington here. I mean, I don't know how anybody can could go any other way. You can't. You certainly can't bet on uh, Green Bay at this point. So, I love the fact that New. Um, Washington is getting a a new quarterback, kind of a shot in the arm here with with a a, a quarterback that they don't hate. So um, yeah, I'm all over Washington here. Yeah, I lean with you. The numbers are with you, but I do have a little bit of devil advocate on this one. Number one, uh, just a trend here: home dogs of more than three playing against a team that lost as a favorite the previous game are 75 and 104. Since 2010, Washington fits that category. And another category they fit, but with a silver lining, because several teams fit this category is the reason why I pulled this one. Since 2015, week seven or later, if you're scoring 19 points a game or less, and you're at least five-point dogs, 78 and 111 against the spread. Uh, And Washington does fit that. However... Green Bay is also scoring less than 19 points. And in that case, when two teams scoring less than 19 points square off, the dog, same margin, is 8 and 6, so 57% ATS. So in this one case, in this week in the scenario, there's a trend inside of a trend, which is kind of where you got to look in all these trends, is getting down more to the micro of the situation. So usually when you're a five point or more home dog, you don't score the ball. 
you know, you're playing against a team that does score the ball. It's pretty simple to figure that out. However, this one, like you said, Green Bay sucks. They don't score the ball at all. They're averaging 17 points a game. Who the fuck would have ever thought that uh, preseason? Definitely not me as much as I was crowing about my Carson Wentz pick. Um, yeah, so Green Bay's offense sucks. And if you can't score the ball in Washington, we saw on even a short week on the road on Thursday night against a Chicago team who cannot score the ball. You know, they can win a game. They can in, Against Tennessee, they can come down to a coin flip and win it a game. So Tennessee's another team yeah. that doesn't score the ball very well. So five points, way too much. So definitely with you with the Redskins on this one. And I, just real quick, we'll move on. <laughs> I said last week the only reason I didn't hit the, the uh, sounder on – the Jets was because Green Bay had lost to the Giants the week before. And the only reason I'm not hitting the sounder here is because Green Bay has lost to the Jets and the Giants in back-to-back weeks. So, kind of funny how that's going. Yep. All right, moving on. Those at, oh, no, we didn't mention them yet. The Carolina Panthers. Woo! <laughs> Boy, did they quit on us last week. 11-point home dogs now the top of Brady, Buccaneers. <laughs> Yeah, and this is the big di- – no, no, not the <laughs> This is the hit the – no, not that one. This is the daint – no, it's not that. It is the It is the Hello Corner TV game. I cannot believe that the GOAT is going to be put in the t- into the corner, but I don't have any way else to look at this. Uh, this should be a slam dunk um divisional home dog of over 10 points and all over carolina for me and to be honest with you i might do it because like i said in the open i like my picks and my bets as dirty as i like my women so i might actually (laughs) i might actually do it um but it'll be one of those last minute decisions just like when you pick up a dirty chick at 2 a.m you you just do it so maybe at the last minute i'll be like all right fine i'll take fucking carolina plus 11 and a half but yeah other than that i got nothing yeah, well, here's a little bit of a little bit of pause on picking up this chick. Just, I mean, she might have some crabs. I'm just saying, uh, they also but she fit, can suck it. They also fit in that uh, 19 points or less, more than five point dogs, uh, 41.3% where they don't get the uh, turnaround because Tampa Bay does score the football and their offense is not. As great as we all thought it would be, but they still do score the ball, and their defense is fucking awesome. But here is one that I dug in and found. And there's only been, and we don't like short sample sizes, but when you dig this far, and there's only been one other occurrence, I think it lends some credence. So since 2010, week 7 and on, a 500 road team, exactly 500, favored between 10 and 12 points. Played a sub-500 team. And in that game, there's been one other game that was last year. The 6-6 six and six Colts went on the road and beat the 2-9 and nine Texans 31 to nothing. Mm. It was a drumming. And the aforementioned thing that you said about 10-point division dogs, if you look historically, they crush, I mean, like 57, 58%. However... If you look since like 2015, they're down to 40% at this point. So that trend has turned itself around, which is why you got to pay attention to trends like that. Now, when you're a divisional home dog by this much, there's generally a reason for it. Now, I haven't called for the Tampa whipping. I didn't call for the whipping of Pittsburgh. You know, Tom was too, too hard to beat at home. Definitely didn't put him in Survivor, thank God. 
Uh, so still surviving there. However, this is the game. I mean, you, you just saw Carolina went on the road to a not good Rams team. Their defense isn't good. Their offense isn't good. And they got beat like a drum. Like They didn't score a touchdown. I don't know if they moved the ball past the 50, I think, once. And, and the Rams played like shit the whole time. The whole time. The back door was open for Carolina. All the way down to the end when Jacob Eason got in there and took him down. and got picked off in the end zone. So I guess they did move it past the 50 twice uh, to not get the backdoor cover. But it was all they could do with their fifth-string quarterback to just barely not cover. Well, Tampa is going to score the ball. They've been scoring the ball. They're getting better. I know that the Pittsburgh game, you know, there was a lot of a lot of ins and a lot of outs to that one. Uh, but you look the week before against Atlanta. Atlanta's a way better team than Pittsburgh. They beat them like a fucking drum for four, three and a half quarters. Let them come back and sneak in the cover at the end. But, man, if there was ever a spot for Tampa to get right, this is a spot because this team has, we saw it on the field, they quit. They This interim coach has already kicked the player off the team. They're starting P.J. Walker again. P.J. Walker, as much as I loved him at Temple, he is not an NFL quarterback whatsoever uh his average depth of target last week longhorn 0.1 yard 0.1 not one yard 0.1 yard was his average depth of target look fat chicks need loving too (laughs) all right we're gonna move on those jackson my jacksonville jaguars god damn they kicked me in the balls last week minus three at home versus those new york football giants yeah, this game stinks to high heaven. Um, some, and it, this happens, you know, you'll start to see it about once a week, once every couple of weeks. This is just one of those games that stands out to where Vegas is taking a stand and it's not lining up with um, the the um, the narrative of, of the teams. I mean, Jacksonville is two and four. The Giants are five and one. I know the records don't mean shit, but they do to the public. So um, the fact that this line is Jacksonville minus three when those records are so lopsided just tells me that uh, Vegas doesn't mind taking all the Giants' money, um, and they're and if they don't mind doing it, I don't mind doing it. So put me on Jacksonville. Um, you know th- this cherry's got to pop eventually for for the Giants and. Um, why not here? This is one of those rare square dogs. Um, and it does scare me a little bit because Danny Dimes has money on the road. So this is kind of that sweet spot for him. Uh, but as a lean, I'm going to go to the to the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, align myself up with Vegas, who has the giant casinos that they build from taking everybody's money. Yeah, I think you nailed it, man. This has got to be the square dog of the week. Uh, the way Now, the way the giant season's running, the way Jacksonville season's running – would I be shocked if the Giants win the game? No, <laughs> no, I wouldn't be fucking shocked. The Giants have won many games. Uh, they beat me once in the Super Contest with uh, per fourth quarter win share. I think the second most unlikely win of all time. And then they backed that up with the third most likely unlikely win of all time against you in the Super Contest. So, yeah, they're running hot when it comes to being way fucking better than the record says. Jacksonville is running the other way. Jacksonville's the number eight, number eight, boys and girls, best team in the NFL per DVOA. And really? the Giants are 18th. So this three points is actually short when you consider that. Uh, but however, there is a couple of 
things that are beating the market down to the three. Obviously, the record's one of them. Number two, uh, it's a trend that you've quoted many times on here, and I'm sure, I don't know why you didn't bring it up this time, but week before London, teams are now 26 and 38 ATS. We've already seen that take a toll. This year, Jacksonville goes to London next week. So that's a negative thing running against them. However, Mm. I did dig in and find a trend that goes to Jacksonville, and that's from week seven and on. If you're a home favorite of two or more with a winning percentage of 33% or less versus a team who has just 50% winning percentage or better, 19-7-2 and all-time ATS. That's 73% against the spread. So that definitely heavily leans to Jacksonville. Does that cancel out the before London thing? I mean, this team's been there a million times. I know that this is at least the quarterback's second trip. I know it's the quarter. The I don't remember if Philly ever went there while he was the head coach. I I have no recollection of that. But the organization has been there many times. So if anybody can buck that trend, you would think it would be them. And maybe they're part of the reason why that trend before London's so fucking bad because they've been so fucking bad for so long. Just a theory of mine, but, uh, you know, the numbers point to Jacksonville, DVOA points to Jacksonville, Vegas points to Jacksonville, and my deep trend points to Jacksonville. The only thing that points to New York is the fact that they're 5-1 and and the public loves them, which immediately puts me on fucking Jacksonville and with you, so. And And this podcast is turning to another record, so let's move it along. All right. Those Baltimore Ravens at home, minus six and a half versus... Oh, I don't think you claim them anymore, but the Cleveland Browns. Nah, nah, I don't really claim them. But, uh, yeah, fuck Baltimore. I'm done with them. Th- these guys can't. Uh, I, I, we're, we've caught on to what Baltimore is at this point, and until they show differently, then um, I'm going to treat them the same. I'm treating them as a team that cannot close a game out, cannot finish a game, and the back door is always open. Uh, I always default to home division dogs in, this, in these types of situations. Um, so look, if you like Baltimore, I would suggest taking them in the first half. If you like uh, Cleveland, you know, take take them full game because that back door will be wide open. And if Lamar Jackson can't hold on the ball with Miles Garrett screaming off the edge, uh, that, that's look, I, lean to Cleveland. Uh, yeah, I've got. I mean, the numbers are split on this one, and I've got one second. Yeah, so I got a, a trend here that will lean with you. So 50% winning percentage, week seven or better. Home favorite by six to eight. Uh, they're 43.5% since 2010. So that does not bode well for the home team. But caveat to that is Baltimore's 5-0 ATS in the last five against Cleveland. And 12-2 straight up and ATS, I think, in the last 14 against Cleveland. Baltimore just has this Browns team number, and you say, well, it's not the Browns of the past. Well, the Browns of the past that I remember are a sub-500 team with a below-average quarterback. And last I checked, the Browns are a sub-500 team with a below-average quarterback. So you can say that all you like to. However, they look a hell of a lot like the same fucking shitty team in a Brown uniform that I've seen my entire fucking life. Uh, But here's what I will say. You like the first half. Baltimore, I think that's a great pick. Here's another caveat to that. In the trend that I gave on the uh, since 2010 of those teams at home six and eight, and the division matchup is one eight and one in the last ten to the under. One eight and one between these two teams, last ten to the under. 
So Baltimore minus whatever in the first half and the under in the game sounds like a good pick to me. All right. All right, moving on, those Denver Broncos. <clears throat> this line has moved all over the fucking place, and of course it is due to the health and well-being of one Russell Wilson. But consensus right now, what I'm seeing is Baltimore, or sorry, Denver is down to half a point. Home favorite, half a point. Half a fucking point. I didn't, I didn't think they did that. They just, I thought they just went from one to pick, but. Yeah, I mean, you got some zeros, you got some fucking minus ones. It hasn't mm-hmm. flipped all the way over yet, but it's close. Well, look, here's the deal. Um, it just feels wrong and, and kind of um, just Joe public to take the Jets here because they're, they've become the darling for everybody. Uh, so that you normally always, almost always points me the other way um but god man i just i fucking denver is just a fucking mess and you throw on the injury um you know whatever's going on with russell whether it's mental whether it's not putting in the work whether it's you know uh the injury whatever it is it just doesn't look right two teams um that are hard to bet on in this situation the jets i love betting on them because because they're you know that they're a feisty uh team but in this spot with all the public love that's coming in on them, not necessarily a spot that I want to jump on the Jets here. Uh, so this is going to be a stay-away game for me. Um, but I will say that um, 80% of the tickets are coming in on the Jets. So that tells you right now that they're the public darling. The majority of the cash is coming in on Denver. So this one feels a little dangerous here. Um, so what do you got over there? Because this one, this one feels like one that we should stay away from. Yeah, I agree on the stay away. There's 0% chance I would ever bet on Zach Wilson to go into Denver and win a fucking football game. But I'm also not itching to bet Mark Rippon's kid or nephew, who the fuck is going to start for Denver. Although at this point, as bad as Russell Wilson's been, it hell, it might be an upgrade. And Free roll. Yeah, and as good as their fucking defense is playing, I mean, they've held them in literally every... I mean, Denver hasn't really been beat. I mean, they've been beat, but they haven't really been beat all no. year, so great defense. Great defense. They're playing their balls off. It's up in altitude. It's a kid's first time there, and the Jets are still a young team. You know, I, I, there's no zero chance to go back the Jets. I don't want to bet on Denver, so great stay away. Uh, so I got nothing else on that. However, I do want to add real quick on the Tampa Bay. I forgot this. The Tampa Bay and Carolina uh, teams coming off four straight losses and the last one as a double-digit favorite, 7-0 ATS all-time. And Tampa Bay is 4-0 straight up and ATS since Tommy arrived in Tampa. So I forgot <laughs> to add that to that game. All right, moving on. Our Las Vegas Raiders. Consensus, oh, down to minus 6.5 now. Favorites over the Houston, Houston with an H, Texans. That's right. It's going down because this is the Danger Zone Game of the Week. Are you freaking kidding me? Of course I'm fucking taking Houston in those points here. Vegas laying seven? They're not good enough to fucking lay seven. They're just not. Um, they're not the type of team that's going to get margin against almost anybody. Um, all the bets are coming in on on the Raiders. So, But guess what? 87% of the cash is coming in on Houston, baby. So uh, this this is upset alert. This is danger zone. Uh, Texans coming. I uh, know. 
Now the Raiders are coming off a bye too, so I, you can tell me how that how that factors in. But I just oh, love I will. the spot. Yeah, I just love the spot for Houston. Love the fact they're getting. You know, well, you say it's down to six and a half. So uh, we'll, we'll see what that line does. Anything over six is good to me. So uh, Houston Texans, let's go. Yeah. So before, or sorry, after buy, after the buy. Again, this is contrary to what you would think, which is why we're here. This, that, this is why we're here. All right. The home favorite after the buy since 2010, 41-44 ATS, not the spot you want to be in. The away dog after the buy, 37-26. and 26. That is exactly the spot that you want to be in. Inside of that, I dug in. I was like, well... Yeah, but who cares? Let's. What, what about these two teams? Well, the Raiders last thirty years after a bye at home, three and six and nine overall, and three and four as a favorite. Houston after bye on the road as a dog last thirty years, six and four ATS. So even inside the big trend, you still get the trend going your way as a micro trend, and. uh yeah, give me those fucking Texans. The micro trends. Love those. <laughs> the ladies don't like the micro peens, though. They don't like those. Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> to your Los Angeles Chargers. Super Chargers. And they're at home laying five. Consensus to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, this is a tricky game here. Tricky game. This is one of the ones where, yeah, oh man, it just, Seattle feels like the right, you feel like a warm blanket's wrapped around you when you get Seattle plus almost a touchdown um, This the way this year has played out. Um, but there's some trends going against Seattle here, um, and I'm sure you'll let me know. Um, I, here, here's the deal. I like the oh I love the over in this game because I think the Chargers are not they have not come together on defense clearly um, and we know that Seattle's not very good on defense either so I think this is going to be a game that, that just turns into a up and down up and down the field um, if you do like the Chargers and you don't feel like laying six they are in that sweet ass tease down spot but um, yeah I I really thought that I'd be just in love with Seattle but here's the deal. They're getting, Seattle is getting 87% of the tickets and 96% of the cash. That is fucking stepping into its city right there. That's too good to be true. You like a discrepancy. You like a little sweet spot of, of, of being on the sharp side. That is, if that's true, then Vegas goes bankrupt. And Vegas don't go bankrupt. So it feels a little dirty. feels like we're on the, we're stepping in a little bit there. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll Lightly lean to Seattle. I like the Chargers more on a tease down, and I love the over. I like your call on the over. Uh, yeah, this game feels a little trappy, especially when you consider the uh, before the buy trend. So before the buy, as opposed to after the buy, what you do want to be as at home, period. It doesn't matter if you're dog or favorite. You want to be at home. Before the buy at home, 47 and 33 ATS. So that is absolutely crushing it. However, the Chargers in that time as a home favorite are six and seven. No, sorry, six and seven overall and five and five is a fave. So you take that 66% trend and you turn it into a coin flip. 
So I like that. And on top of that, uh, the Road Dog, all time, six, week seven or on, by 6% or more when both teams have a negative scoring margin on the season. Uh, the Road Dog is 59.4%. So I think, and if you, our numbers are all over the Chargers, or sorry, all over Seattle. If you look at that trend, basically to me what it's telling you is that the home favorite is either home favorite by reputation or disregard reputation of the dog because the dog is covering it almost 60. And that's 148 and 101. That's not a small trend. That's 250 games. So that's a big fucking sample size. What also backs that up is I mean, Seattle's the number nine DBOA team in the league, and the Chargers are 11. So the better team per DBOA is getting six to six and a half points. I mean, I I, I don't really know. And, th- and this line has moved. This line moved. I, I, I got it online at seven on Monday. It's all the way down to five and a half now. It's moved a whole point and a half. That's rare fucking error in the NFL without any injuries on both sides. So... That steps to your point that they're just getting hammered, hammered, hammered. They've taken all the Seattle money they want. They got to get some fucking Charger money coming back on the other side. I don't know how low this number is going to fucking get. I don't know that I can recommend it at five, but at seven where I grabbed it, I'm fucking all in. And there, I mean, there's no other way to play it. Yeah. All right. All right, moving on to the San Francisco, you motherfuckers, 49ers. <laughs> Two and a half point home dogs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, this is just one of those gut calls. Um, I could go into some numbers and, you know, maybe I'll bounce them off of you as we get into it. But, like, this is this is just one of those games. This, this is the spot for San Francisco. To, like, like if I get any, as the week progresses, any positive news on the injury report for San Francisco. Like, I mean, I'm talking one or two players that come back. I'm, I'm hammering them to win this game. Um this is a spot for them at home as dogs with Shanahan. I mean, just just give it to me. Like, like, tell me what you got, and and I'll uh, you know if you say something that, that sparks something. But yeah, San Fran's gonna win this game. This this is their spot. Yeah, San Fran is the numbers uh, consensus agreement. So the numbers are definitely with you. I didn't find a whole lot in this game as far as digging into trends. The only thing I got is the before the buy. Uh, Road favorites are 21 and 17 and 1, so that definitely leans to Kansas City. However, on the road before the bye last three years, Kansas City 7, 9, and 2, but inside of that, they are 2 and 1 as a favorite. So, not a lot of help there. I'm just going to lean on the fact that, you know, our numbers do support uh, San Francisco, and if you look at, sorry, if you look at DVOA again, San Francisco is the number 5. Overall team, Kansas City is the number seven. So, again, per DVOA, we have the better team at home, and they are getting points at home. And Kansas City's defense is fucking garbage, 28th in the league in DVOA. And, you know, as bad as San Francisco offense might look at times, they are still one of the most efficient offenses on the fucking planet. Their YPP every fucking game is always off the charts, even, even in that drumming they took in Atlanta. They still beat them in yards per play, but just just because that Shanahan offense is so efficient, they move the ball. I mean, with such ease. I think if they don't turn the ball over, and they can frustrate uh, Kansas City, which you remember in the Super Bowl, 
I mean, they literally shut Mahomes down for three and a half quarters. Like he, I think he had like 130 yards passing. His QBR was like a 20 through the Super Bowl. Like it was garbage. Yeah. And that, so I think they have the, you know, the recipe. The question is, are they going to have the players? So to your question, the injury thing, that's going to be the biggest piece. Man, if they can just get half these guys back, it sounds like their guard, Tooney, is going to play. I did see that. I think Ward is going to play on the outside. Is it Tooney? No, they don't have Tooney. Well, you're the the fucking player guy. I don't know. Whoever the fucking – whoever the offensive lineman hurt, he's supposed to be back. That'd be great. I think that Ward is going to play. I don't know about Bosa. He's still questionable. We'll see. But if they can get half these guys back – right. Yeah, uh, if Bosa's coming in, like that, that'll make me fire uh, money line type thing on on San Fran. But oh well, there's you know. there's no other way. Here, here's the thing, boys and girls. There's no other way to play this game. These two and a half points are fucking worthless. If you want to play the dog, um, they're they're either going to win them. or they're not going to fucking. Well, I'm taking come. them. <laughs> ah, I just lay the it, San Fran. I'm going to lay the money line and just put them in a maybe a round robin or something and forget about it. Like that's. That's the way I would play it. Right. If, if we get the favorable injury news. All right. Moving on. Oh, the Miami Dolphins. They're up. They're up to seven and a half. Woo. Home mm. favorites against those shitty Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, this happens about once a year, but I literally could not bring myself to do anything on this game. So it's going to be a hard pass for me. <laughs> I don't know who the hell's playing quarterback for either one of these teams. Um, Two is back. Hey, well, yeah, he's back, but we don't know what he's going to look like. So um, He's going to be small and Hawaiian. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, that's too many points. So if I, if, you, <laughs> if you were going to put a gun to my head and make me make me pick one, you know what I would do? I'd take Pittsburgh plus 7.5, and, and I would put fucking Miami in a, in a teaser leg down. So that's what I would do on a game that I probably will not even watch. Yep, that sounds like the fucking play right there. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, that's fine. That's the play right there. I don't. I don't want to dig into this game any further. I'm not. I don't have any action on it. Time saver. All right, moving on to the Monday night football. And those New England Patriots. God damn, they're all the way up to eight and a half now. Home favorites against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, look, here's the deal, guys. By Monday night, I mean, this might be a shocker to y'all, but I have completely checked out on football by that point. Um, I have drank myself retarded. <laughs> I've fucking <laughs> probably, I've probably picked up a chick that I shouldn't have, and it just, it's just, it, by Monday, it's just not good. Everything's itchy, and it's just... Yeah, it's, it's just getting real bad. I gotta go to the doctor, get the shot. It's just... <laughs> but listen, again, there's... There's quarterback um, questions on uh, New England side, but here's the deal. I don't really care. I don't care if it's Zappy. I don't care if it's Mac Jones. Uh, I don't really see a discernible difference uh, between those two right now. And actually, I wouldn't mind if it is Zappy if I'm taking New England because he's going to go out there and uh, sling that ball around with no fear, kind of like what I was talking about with Heineke. Uh, Sometimes you get a quarterback like that, it's a jolt to your offense, and we've seen what he's done for New England since he's come in. Um, and, and my gosh, Chicago is just, it's just, I can't, my eyes can't take any more of that. I just can't do it. So I like new England to cover the eight, eight and a half. I like new England down to, uh, the, on a teaser leg. I like new England every which way. And I hope Chicago doesn't win another game the rest of the year. Well, I don't think you have to hope too hard on that. I don't know that they will. Uh, Chicago is the 31st team 
DVOA. <laughs> the only team worse than them is Carolina, a team that's completely quit, one hundred percent. Not one, even halfway through. Yeah, not even halfway through the season. Um, yeah, Chicago's real fucking bad. And first of all, and second of all, don't you ever fucking disrespect my boy Bailey, motherfucking Zappy, like that, comparing him to Tyler fucking Heineken. The I fuck out of here with this. I think I was complimenting him. That's no, not comparing to that. This man threw 65 goddamn touchdowns in one season. I don't season give a shit what he football. did at South Lake, Texas. I don't fucking care what he at did. At Western Kentucky, oh, FBS Division One College Football, sir. And Western, yeah, there, there is Western no Kentucky, di- is that otherwise known as, I don't know, Missouri? What is that? Like, I don't know what's on the board. Basically, it's like Missouri Light. Yeah, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, anyway, he is he's better than Mac Jones. I said that since he got drafted, he was better than Mac Jones. You know this. We've talked about it with our buddies. You know, everybody well, kind of laughed at me. I was like, yeah, he's going to take his job because he's – I mean, they're the same dude. They're literally the same. Like, Mac Jones is bigger. He's got a little better arm for sure. But Bailey is more accurate. He's a better decision maker. He makes faster decisions. He's a way better athlete. Now, is he fucking Tom Brady? No, people, don't get it twisted. But I do love this kid. I've always loved this. I loved him. Was he was a Houston Baptist? He won us a lot of money. He's fucking won us a ton of money in fucking Western Kentucky last year. I've been in love with this kid for three years now. It is his time. It's the Zap Dogs fucking time. And he's he's gonna go out there. He's gonna fucking win this game. Oh, by they're 10. gonna kill them. Yeah, yeah they're, they're gonna kill. Them. They're gonna fucking and, kill him. And here's the deal. Even if it is Mac Jones, and why I say it, it doesn't really matter to me because uh, if Mac Jones does get in there, he's feeling this pressure. You think he's not? Hearing everybody talking about Zappy, so when he does get his shot, he's got to get in there and actually, you know, open up the office and take shots uh, like like Zappy's coming there and do. So again, I hope it's Zappy, but if it's Jones, you're gonna see. I think you're gonna see the the good Mac Jones in this game. So either way, they're gonna win this game. You know, and, like tw- twenty seven to ten. And Mac Jones hasn't been bad. I'm not tr- I'm not disparaging that kid. I think right. he's done a good job since he come in. I just love my boy Bailey Zappy. And in truth, if I'm being truthful and no hyperbole. Yeah, they're the same dude. They're interchangeable. Like you said, I don't give a shit. But here's one last thing on this game. Since 2015, week seven or later, if you score 19 points or less and you are a plus five or more dog and you're on the road, 49 and 71 ATS. That's 40.8%. And why since 2015? Well, boys and girls, uh, offense is king. It's begun more and more prevalent throughout the league. So if you cannot score the fucking football, you cannot win football games, you don't win football games, you don't usually cover scores, so that's why on this, you got to give me New England or pass. All right. All right, boys and girls, that was all the wins coming in the air tonight, baby. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, time for you all I've been waiting for. It's time for those free, I said free, picks of the week. Longhorn, lay it on them, baby. Yeah, it was the big dick pick of the week. So, of course, I'm going to go with those Detroit Lions plus seven. And I am looking for them to win that game and steal one from those red-hot Cowboys with their new quarterback back. Yeah, I like that. I like it. You want money line on that? Oh, I'm gonna have seven. them. I'm gonna have them in every everything with the seven money line. I'm gonna be having them all over the place. All right, I like that. All right, uh, my free pick, free college pick of the week. 
is going to be those Cincinnati Bearcats minus the three and a half. I've given up to our clients at three against the Smew Ponies. I'm not sure why this line is so low. I guess maybe because since he's on the road. I guess maybe because people still kind of remember that, you know, opening game against Arkansas, which at this point, you know, they lost by seven to Arkansas. When I guess the biggest thing is people were disappointed because they thought that Cincinnati really had a real chance to win that game. Again, I didn't know where the confidence was really coming from. You know, new quarterback, they lost, you know, a sauce gardener from the secondary. They lost the other guy. You probably Kobe something. Uh, Kobe both Bryant. NFL. How, yeah. how do you forget Kobe Bryant? <laughs> how do I forget Kobe? Yeah, both of them are in the NFL. Both of them are, are badasses, obviously already. They're great players, but you know they have rounded into shape after you know that first loss. They have not lost another game. Uh, maybe it was because South Florida. They only won by four. I don't know. South Florida's, you know, shown some fight this year, but uh, against SMU, they should have no trouble shutting down the ponies and uh, their offense. And good luck to the ponies stopping the Cincinnati Bearcat offense, who has put up 63, 38, 45, 31, only 28 last week in South Florida. But again, that's, you know, it's college football shit happens. But yeah, I like Bearcats minus three and a half versus SMU. That sounds pretty okay to me, man. All right, Longhorn, tell me about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you Glory Hole Seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. We give out free picks on our website on our podcast, and also on all of our social media platforms so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both CFAs as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football drinking beer and never pay a bookie again god damn it people never pay a bookie again steven tyler take yourself over